Hey, we are now recording. Welcome back. Welcome back, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thanks so much again for your time today. My pleasure. Round two. Happy to chat with you again. I think last time was so fulfilling. I think we should just keep on going. That, that works well. That just works, <laughs> works great. That sounds super. That sounds super. So well, tell me we, about your weekend so far. Uh, it's been a beautiful weekend here in Stratford, uh, which is lovely. So uh, yesterday, uh, my daughter and I headed out for a little morning adventure. We walked down to a local schoolyard. Then we did a little trip along one side of the river here in Stratford and uh, crossed some of her favorite bridges and lookout points. It was just, it was an awesome morning. And actually, um, Danielle, uh, my wife, she actually did some review of our last episode. So she was listening through that and uh, having a great time with that and has come up with another whole list of things for us to talk about as we sort of process the last episode and get it all ready to publish. Perfect. So we'll feel Danielle's presence today, even oh, if she's not here. She's not here. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. How, how about you? How was your weekend? Yesterday was possibly the most perfect weather Ot Ottawans could ask for in, in Ottawa. It was just sort of one of those, you know, 23 degree and sunny, you know, felt like 25. It was just perfect. So Wonderful. I was able to spend some time with friends and walk around the neighborhood of Hintonburg here in Ottawa, which is a beautiful part of town mm. and just eat some yummy food and see some good people. So what could be better? That sounds like a wonderful day. It was good. And That's I got just... a haircut too. Oh, cool. So like everything is just working perfectly today. I just put it all together on a Saturday. What can I say? Wonderful. That's great. That's just super. Excellent. I'm glad you're well. And uh, I'm I'm excited again to just chat with you again today. And uh, we at the end of our last episode, we talked about sort of picking up right where we left off. And we've been talking about um, the nature of communication mm -hmm. and how um, we've sort of observed a trend where um, there's, there's, there's communication blocks in our society right now. There's, there's a lot of like a lot of headbutting that's going on. A lot of people are saying, "Yes, you did. No, you didn't." And I think there's a lot of room for um, discussing why that's the case. And is it? And I, I wondered if it's like a is it is it communication skills that people um, could use some some extra development on? Is it that um, Inside, we're we are very insecure, and so we're 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 taking things personally when we we shouldn't, mm -hmm. or or reacting the wrong way to something. Yeah. Uh, so let's chat about that. What do you think? I think, like most things in life, it's a bit of a combo of each of those things that you just mentioned, and I think people experience a different mix of each of those things that you just mentioned. So different people have different forms of communication. People prioritize different forms of communication. Uh, people take things more or less personally, depending on who they are, right? So it, it does end up being a sort of mix, depending on the person that you're talking about. But I would say in general, one of the things that I've noticed is we have been isolated for the last two and a half years. And with that isolation, for whatever our normal, regular, acceptable, and I say with love, and social anxiety and, and fears and insecurities that human beings just have, that was only ever going to be completely exacerbated and completely magnified by not talking to each other and by talking to each other so regularly behind this, right? Because we get so used to looking at people as a screen and we almost start to anthropomorphize our phone as a person. Right? We almost literally think of a lot of our friends as a screen because we haven't seen them 
in two and a half years or because they live far away and we literally might not see them for another two and a half years. So I really think that at the base of all of this, that we all need to give ourselves a little bit of credit and a little bit of a break at any aspect of this conversation, which I'm of course still happy to have. I always like to preface it by saying, I think we're all not at our best right now. I think we've all been at our worst for the last two and a half years. I just think that's the truth. It doesn't mean that we are, quote, bad or good. That's not the mm -hmm. point of the conversation, but we're just at the worst version of ourselves <laughs> in a long time because we haven't fully, I believe, we haven't fully acknowledged or been present in how devastating the last two and a half years have been. And I think that mm -hmm. we have come up with a lot of a lot of addictive foods and things and activities and and arguments and you know there's a lot of addictions that we have run to to justify our behavior and to fulfill a void that i don't know we're fully conscious of because mm -hmm. i find consciousness is often lacking in in what we do in that presence of mind so it's hard to discuss this conversation at the sort of as i like to say the micro level right like zooming in mm -hmm. without zooming out to the macro level that at a fundamental place we are not in a good place right right and the conditions of those good place have exacerbated anything um bad that was there before mm -hmm. um but and also not allowed the good things to flourish the way that they should have yeah and people mm -hmm. are grieving that whether or not they realize it consciously, whether or not they're completely present in that reality, they and we, not to they and other people, but mm -hmm. we are all grieving. Mm -hmm. A life that once was, an ability to see people that once was. In my case, I lost a lot of things to the pandemic, so I've been grieving that. You know, we all have things that we're grieving, and we're grieving the ability to touch and be held and hug. Mm -hmm. I think we're very, I mean, before the pandemic, I have this theory that we were all a little underheld and underhugged and undercuddled as a right. society in general. Right. I think we were all a little bit lacking for touch in general, consensually, if that's your thing, of course. Of but course. I just mean, like, I think in general, our we were already a little bit underhugged. And now with the pandemic, I think that human contact, that physical or physical or just maybe spatial, just being mm -hmm. near people mm -hmm. has been lacking. And I think that really hurts a lot of people. And unfortunately, through those sort of addictions, one of those addictions I've noticed has become yelling at each other online and, mm -hmm. and um, making ourselves feel better by making other people feel bad mm -hmm. on a screen which right. it's uh, very easy to do now too it's it's, it's you know that even people not noticed when email came around it, it became a quick thing like um to just fire off an email and we gradually rolled out you know in workplaces and academic environments um like mental mental strategies like stop read it peruse it think about it for a while some of the technologies now even rolled out like like automatic delays that you can set for yourself that you can you know have the computer not send it for you for a while just to give you give you that time to the sober second thought um but with yeah with the phones right in your hand it, it's so easy to just just click just click and even with there's, there's even autofill options that you can just hit and and send it what's it one tap and you know even if even if you're trying to say something the the autocorrect the autofill whatever you want to call it, it can come across totally differently to somebody else it can it's so easy for it to be taken out of context 
And when all we're doing is, is communicating in those sound bites, there's a lot of room for misinterpretation and anger and frustration and hurt and all those things can, can happen so easily. And they lack intonation, they lack inflection, mm. they lack an ability to hear the person's voice. voice. And as a voice guide, the way, and as an actor, mm. the way I hear you say something, it tells so much to me about how I'm going to react. And it says so mm. much, so much hidden in the voice about what you really mean, mm -hmm. in the cadence that you use, the inflection, the, the intonation. And, um, you know, even languages, there are some languages in the world that have literal pitches to them. You mm -hmm. say one word three ways, depending on how high or low you say it. So the, the and um, so we're just losing that sense mm -hmm. of voice in the way that we communicate and mm -hmm. the the quickness of it, the immediacy of, and they're not even sound bites because they're typed, right? But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The immediacy mm -hmm. of yeah. these little type bites, right? <laughs> bites, yeah, these little <laughs> snippets of yeah. people's thoughts. Mm -hmm. and, and unpunctuated even, uh, which goes to the cadence of what you said, like you know, generally or often you don't see um, any punctuation or uh, perhaps incorrect punctuation. And that yeah. also just, you know, we, we might be able to pick up more with through our voices, but when you're you're using the written word, those things are important for conveying meaning. And if we, we miss those, there's another layer of confusion. And people are also processing their thoughts. And one of the things that happens when we process our thoughts online is our thoughts can be taken because of those snap snapshots right each screenshot of something those thoughts can be taken for our you know finite opinion right. <laughs> and there's a difference between a thought and an opinion mm -hmm. and i think we sometimes conflate the two mm -hmm. one with the other and it's why i i don't always write down my thoughts online. <laughs> Usually when I post mm -hmm. something online, it's because I've thought about it for a long time. And it's mm -hmm. because it's developed into something that I could perhaps defend more as an opinion and more as an actual statement than just a thought. Whereas there's a tendency sometimes to just share every single thought that comes into your head. And of course, I'm thinking mm -hmm. of the title of Thoughts and Found <laughs> in, in, in this, you know, in this podcast, which is to let people not be linear creatures, mm -hmm. to allow people to ebb and flow, to allow people to come in and out of opinions, to come in and out of thoughts, to develop mm -hmm. what they're thinking based on feedback they get, experiences that they have, and to live a life where we all think about things that we said 10 years ago and we kind of go, oh, I don't mm -hmm. know if I would say that anyway. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. And so I find it very difficult to shame anyone for a thought mm -hmm. <laughs> that they had 10 years ago, 10 minutes ago, whatever it is, mm -hmm. we are constantly in development. Mm -hmm. And I'm much more interested in people's behavior mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than I well, am in their thoughts. And so much of, of thoughts, like uh, particularly in the past, but also in the present, it's context dependent. And I find there's often a lot of um, overlooking of the context or plain ignoring of the context um, for an, a, an alternative purpose. Yeah. And I think there's another way, you know, people's thoughts almost can get um, misinterpreted, turned against them, the, the person who said them, um, because the context is disregarded. Or at least that sounds intentional. The context well, is maybe it's not, um, uh, maybe the, the listener's not, not familiar with the context. And if they understood the context, that thought, even if it seems out of place now, might actually be shown to be have been relevant at the time. 
Absolutely. I think about the story of uh, an actor named Jesse Smollett. Did you hear about that story? Uh, so it's, Jesse, it's not sounding familiar right away. Jesse Smollett um, was uh, is an actor, and he um, came out and said that he had been attacked on the streets. There was this homophobic attack that he had experienced, and everybody, of course, jumped in and came to support him. It turns out, as far as I understand, he staged it. And everybody was missing that context, but of course you just hear, oh, there was an attack on someone and you jump. And before you knew it, he had actually made the whole thing up. Right. And so that context was missing a whole lot. And it's because, as you said, it's not always intentional, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's because if you literally don't have all the context, if you don't have all the facts, but our need to demonstrate our virtue our need to demonstrate that we're on the right side of history can lead us to very quickly retweet something or re re repost something or, or jump on, on board and support. But until you have all the facts, all of a sudden you realize that you ended up supporting someone who pretty much fabricated the story. And that's a pretty intense example, I know, but it's one mm -hmm. that I that hit home for a lot of people because it was very easy to fight back against homophobia which we should do because mm -hmm. we don't need any homophobia in our society but mm -hmm. that can if we're not careful blind us to the full context when we don't have the whole story about story. things so it's an interesting example mm -hmm. that people often use to say there's more to a story than you think so yeah mm -hmm. it's a really fascinating story that threw a lot of people off and broke a lot of people's hearts because they, with beautiful hearts, wanted to defend someone who felt that they had experienced a hate crime. Turns out when you're not there and you don't know what's going on, <laughs> it can it can sort of rub you the wrong way a little bit, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, it's actually, it's really, really kind of the opposite effect then. It can it can backfire and uh, and and create other create frustration among other people that they've been yeah. had or taken or uh, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really it's it's too bad and 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 it's a, it's a good example. It's a heartbreaking example, but mm -hmm. it's a good example of even when you think you're on the right side of history, if you don't have the full context, you could end up supporting someone who did something really, really bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're all we're all two seconds away from that. Yes. That's the thing that you have to remember. <laughs> We're I, all two seconds away from yeah. supporting something that we might regret. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that we believed 20 years ago that we were vehemently for, now we know are we're completely wrong, or now our our society has evolved and we see it as wrong. Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm careful about how vehemently I jump on board with something. Mm -hmm. I like to take time. I want to see how this plays out when we don't have a lot of long-term studies. You know, I, I like to sort of just see where we're where we're at before mm -hmm. jumping in. And I think that sort of level of of consciousness, I think, would be really good for us to practice more often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your words remind me of um a professor that I had um at university, and he he was very fond of saying like what's really going on here mm -hmm. and he said then he would say you'd get some answers and he said now what's really going on here and he would just you know ask that question somewhat rhetorically but he had a he was driving a point home that you know allow some time and reflection to just really make sure you understand what is going on and there's he would just said there's layers to that onion if you will mm -hmm. there's and there's usually other things going on to, to everything in life that we can't 
see at a first glance and only the benefit of some time or reflection or learning or familiarizing um, with the people, the situations, the activities that are going on mm -hmm. will let you form sort of a, a more fulsome understanding of the situation. And um, uh, it, th that has always stuck with me. He just like, what's going on? And he said, you know, then you, you have to pay attention as well to your, your, your spidey sense starts tingling kind of thing. Right? <laughs> I had another, another colleague used to say that all the time too. My, when my spidey sense starts tingling, I, I got to ask, there's something else happening here. You know, we don't, it, it's too easy to just blindly jump and, and not think and reflect on what's, what's happening there. And that's always, his words have always stuck with me. Especially when so many of the things that we are opining on have nothing to do with us. <laughs> None of our business. Everybody else's stuff out there. Right. And and it's it's the worry that I have about publishing every detail of our life online mm -hmm. and sharing every aspect of what we do online. We somehow take it as to be our business just because we follow them, mm -hmm. <laughs> just because we like their page or whatever. And it's it's ultimately none of my business now reflecting on things and you know the, the the transference that those experiences have to the rest of our experiences yes we can find common ground we can see what it would be like you know to understand how people would respond if a gay person truly were attacked on the street you know right. it, so they can be litmus tests don't get me wrong mm -hmm. of course we can all draw experiences from things but so often i see people reporting on things that are none of their business and i sort of like how is this news <laughs> how is this how is this well the jesse smollett case was news because that was a big deal but but a lot of times i i see people commenting on other people's lives and i would just think that's that's their life you know that's it the and, and i'm you and i might have even spoken about this uh, previously but um we've often talked about my wife and i that we like the expression um you never know like what what page or chapter of a person's life you are encountering them on at that moment and you don't know if it's if their story their whole story is a good one a bad one a terrible one uh, if, if just it's been a good story up until today and you happen to encounter yeah. a really sad page in their chapter right now and you don't know so it, it's it's helpful to you know give people the benefit of that doubt that uh, whatever they just said or did might not reflect the whole person that they are cut people some slack, you know, and, uh, and, and hopefully, uh, you might be able to expect that you're treated the same way on an off day or something like that. Marianne Williamson likes to say that how you authentically felt isn't necessarily who you authentically are. Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference mm -hmm. because how you feel in a moment is very contextual and is based on a lot of emotions. It's based on how well you've slept, how well you've ate, what happened to you that day, <laughs> how much trauma you're bringing up. You know, there's a lot of things going on in people's lives that can create moments. I call them, you know, those human moments that we've all had. And when we take a human moment, or again, a snapshot, a tight bite, a sound bite, <laughs> when we take a snapshot and a human moment, and we superimpose that on someone's entire existence, I question that. I, mm -hmm. I I have a bit of a problem with that, and that's not that's not how I live my life. Because as the as they say in the Avengers movies, I don't judge people on their worst mistake. Hmm. I know funny. a very deep line from the Avengers. Thank you, Marvel. Um, well, they, well, I, I haven't actually seen the movies, so so thank you for that. I'm a bit <laughs> of a nerd. I love the Marvel movies. What can I say? Um, well, well, that reminds me. Movies are something we also have to talk about at some point. Yes. I, I remember you saying. Um, um that you're a movies guy 
you know, even more so than than reading. Um, 100%. Which I, I was I was just surprised at. I, I don't know why. Perhaps I had a, a stereotype in my head of someone who you know pursues academics. It would reading must go along with that. Yes, you know, him, but, him, him. Yes. <laughs> so my bad on that. Oh. Anyway, at some something else we'd love to um, love to talk about it. Somebody's movies. I don't want to switch it over to there right now because right. I think we're on a flow. But just as a we'll put a bookmark there. <laughs> Or, a, yeah. or or press pause on that on that little segue that video segue for a minute. Absolutely, and I think that when we allow people to be whole, when we allow people to be complex, non-linear, imperfect people, I think we allow ourselves to do the same. And I find it difficult to watch people ask for so much patience and grace when they make mistakes, but give so little of it to others when they make mm -hmm. mistakes. It's the whole, the whole like sort of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That proverbial golden rule of, of life. Yeah, and and I'm not religious, and you don't have to be religious to believe that. I mean, that's that's just a tenet of morality that should be consistent to all practices, spiritual, religious, non-religious, whatever it is. Well, it's funny because that that idea comes across through all kinds of other ways too. So it's interesting when people want to ascribe it something to being religious or not religious or spiritual or not spiritual because mm -hmm. more colloquial, colloquially we'll say what goes around comes around. Yeah. Or we'll say karma. Yeah. Or we'll say there's there's many different interpretations of the exact same notion mm -hmm. uh, that are grounded in time and place and culture and language and all kinds of things. But the fact that it is all of those things says that it's kind of it's kind of a universal thing. So, whatever book or movie you want to take it from, it's the same idea. It is, and when you have a universal experience of foibles and failures as well as successes and wins, what people forget sometimes, especially in dare I say our part of the world, yeah. our part of the globe, people forget that human foibles are consistent but what's not consistent is access to the basic necessities of life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. here we are in our part of the world arguing about who said what and who did this and this microaggression and who made a mistake and who should be cancelled well children in world other parts of the world are dying because they don't have water mm -hmm. <laughs> because they don't have access to protein carbohydrates and fat you know they they don't um, have access to the basic necessities of life and i fear yeah. that we're starting to lose ourselves in this part of the world arguing over micro levels of privilege versus a world that is filled with so much poverty and hate and and uh, government sanctioned murder uh, i know i'm i keep it light mark keep it light but no, you know it's like no, it's, 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 i hear you it's it's difficult for me to watch mm -hmm. this part of the world argue over what could be called nothing, if I'm being a little facetious, <laughs> arguing over nothing in a world where we still don't have access for so many people to get the basic necessities mm -hmm. of life. And it's why I'm very careful about how preachy I get online from my iPhone made with conflict metals that cause war <laughs> in Africa, <laughs> right? So I, I, I struggle to... Uh, tweet from my iPhone, drinking my pumpkin spice. I don't drink pumpkins. I don't drink coffee. But my point is, beverage you know, of choice. whatever, yeah. to be yeah. drinking some $8 latte from Starbucks while being on my iPhone tweeting about social justice will always be a little bit 
<laughs> ironic to me. As liberal as I may be, as extremely liberal as I may be, there will. Well, I think there's. That's a good example to show that like people aren't necessarily familiar with the context of what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like it is easy for many people to just tweet away um, on about an issue yeah. um, that the phone in their hand they're using was a factor in. Mm-hmm. You know, they might just might not understand that, you know. And I think we also face a lot of these um, polarizing dichotomies right now in our in our media streamed world. Another one, um, all the time, you know, you, you hear people talking a lot about the environment right now. On one hand, on the other hand, I'm a huge fan of you know technological advances. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about the amount of like you know rocket and jet fuel we're going through these days, ever, and what that's doing to the environment with all the rockets that are getting sent up, like daily, weekly, sometimes. Yeah. All the all the, um, the the planes that are still flying people all over the world at all different altitudes, you know. Yes, we need that for our economies to work and for people to travel and for us to learn and understand other people and cultures and the trials and tribulations and the successes elsewhere in the world. Um, but then we conveniently overlook the cost of those things too. Um, while at the other hand, championing mm-hmm. support for the, the what what the cost is causing it's it's a really really funny space that that we're operating in right now yeah i always wonder too to go on your your jet fuel idea i always wonder as well about how much uranium our electric vehicles are going to need i i I don't know enough about that to make a comment on it but it is Mm -hmm. a question that i have in my mind and similarly i've i've noticed again online i have not fully explored it but i'm starting to see a trend of people trying to highlight um the the waste and byproduct um byproducts that come out of making electric vehicles and Mm -hmm. i I guess there are like you know various waste pools as well Uh, again i have not researched this so i'm i'm i should listen listen to myself a little bit more and understand more before i speak a lot about it but there's a lot of extra waste and stuff that happens and again so we're holding up the new technology on one hand that's creating similar, if not the same problems that we criticize other industries for like oil and gas, like nuclear, um, you know, where there's, there's, there's waste products that come out of those industries, of course. Um, oil and gas industry, again, you know, like, like how many of their byproducts are in the same phone that you were talking about, like all the, all the plastics and everything and cars, electrical or otherwise, you know, we have all these things that are heavily integrated into all aspects of our our life, and it's hard to tease them apart on like one dimension and criticize it. None of us is a saint. <laughs> Not to make it, I don't mean to be glib about what you just mm-hmm. said, but for me, it all comes down to the fact that this world and every single person in it is not built on sainthood. It's Mm -hmm. just not. Mm -hmm. And there has never been a perfect world and there never never will be a perfect world and paying attention Paying so much attention to the world that was never perfect and trying to build a world that never will be perfect, I think is yelling. We're yelling into a void, and mm-hmm. it's going to slowly, it's going to slowly drain us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why I, my heart breaks when I can't, when I see people who can't have conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to bring up this and then bring up this and then learn from each other and say, oh, cool, I hadn't thought about that. Oh, well, I hadn't thought about that. And then that's how we get better. Yes. And that's how we are supposed to make improvements to the world is by seeing all of the various things that we never thought about, including whatever other people think and including what we hadn't thought about. So for me, it's life is really just a circle mm-hmm. and it always comes back to the same level of 
good intentions and hypocrisy, right? <laughs> Everybody's filled with both of those things. And, and it's circular. People think this world is linear, but it's not. It's circular and literally it's round. So <laughs> and that's been proven. But um, I think that we're missing the opportunity by getting so offended by everybody else. We're missing the opportunity to get the best of us, to learn, to take the good aspects of everybody's thoughts that to me sounds like the best way to do things. Mm. But we we jump on the one quote unquote bad thought that someone has and we sort of mott and bailey the argument. We just sort of, you know, we just brush the whole thing off and and it and that worries me. So how do we get better then again? Like like what what steps do we start to take? And one thing that comes to mind for me is that we have to slow down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Which does not mean, you know, that you we we give up smartphones or we give up the internet or computer or anything like that. Or that even when we take like a longer summer holiday, yeah. it means just to me pausing and like reintroducing the reflection mm -hmm. into what we're saying and, and doing. Um, that's like a, a thought that I have on it. But I'd be really curious to hear what you think about how do we how do we um, start to repair some of that broken communication. It honestly goes back to something very similar from the first episode when I talked about um, speak less, say more. Mm -hmm. In terms of the first step of how we get better at you know being with each other is to do less. Mm -hmm. Just do less. And I had this moment, um, one of the reasons I love living in the country is because it gives me these moments to reflect where I look around and I go, Oh, water, trees, stars, sky, air. That stuff is real. That's real. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing is how much the world keeps turning when that's all you notice. <laughs> when that's all you give your energy and attention to and you just do a little bit less about judging that person's identity or what they wear, or who they love. Or, all of that stuff is made up. We action it to be real. We, we, we think that it's real and we, we unfortunately make a lot of laws and policies and things so that they feel real, but they're not. They're really, really not. The blood running through my veins, the way the blood is running through your veins, <laughs> that's real and that's mm -hmm. common. And there are so many things that we tell ourselves as stories and we make them real. And these moments of, for me of doing less where I just remember what is truly constant and what is truly consistent in the world always brings me right back to center. It mm -hmm. always brings me right back to what matters the most. Now, as Michael Singer says, you're allowed to participate in the world. <laughs> you are allowed to participate in the world. You are allowed to buy a house. You are allowed to make money. You are allowed to participate in the world. I understand that. But at the end of the day, if you just, as he says, if you become the observer, if you just become the witness, and this is also a little bit of Goldie Hawn too, by the way, who's a very, very deep thinker, and I don't think people give her enough credit. If you just step aside and take your ego out of it and just witness, then you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be not perfect. You just are. Mm -hmm. That's something I used to say in my yoga classes all the time. We're mm -hmm. so fed this idea that you have to be this be that be that what about just being just being yeah. just being a human being mm -hmm. and i think that our obsession with externalities these outward things that we attach our identity to 
may be the demise of us. <laughs> it may be the death of us. And so for me, it's about doing less. Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable with discomfort? Are you comfortable doing nothing? Are you comfortable not ascribing a thought to that? What if that just happened? What mm -hmm. if it didn't have 10,000 meanings and it was just a thing that happened in the world? And guess what? Everything that's happened to us is no longer happening. That's right. There's a lot of what you just said there is, uh, you know, I mentioned it last time, straight out of stoicism as well. Like we, uh -huh. we just, Marcus Aurelius wrote lots about that, you know, that yep. uh, um, whatever you hear or encounter, like ask if it's really relevant to you. Um, if it's not, move on with your day. Um, if it doesn't directly affect you, you don't have to weigh in on something if it's not relevant. And the hard part is that people want to stop every bad thing from happening in the world. Yeah. And they want to be part of every good thing that's happening, I think. Yeah. You know, like, and that's where the, you get this notion of jumping on the bandwagons without fully understanding what's going on. Um, so there's this element of discerning, uh, is, it, is it relevant to me? And if, and if not, maybe that's okay. And I, I can get on with my day. And um, I'm not saying if you know, you, you, there's not a situation where you might merit you stepping in to help someone sure. or something like sure. that. Yeah. But if it's if it's someone who's just you know bumps you on the corner or something like that, you can instead of yelling at you know they might yeah. have just tripped. Like like just relax, <laughs> move on. Make, they're okay. You're okay. Have a good day. You know. Away, away, away you go. It's the controlled loss of control. Yeah. No. It's it's mm. understanding how you. Are willing to give up control there are so many things that we want to try to control but unfortunately bad things happen and fortunately good things happen mm -hmm. and what i heard you just say a moment ago when you want to stop all the bad things and you want to be a part of all the good things what i hear in that is ego that's what i hear i just hear a mm -hmm. sense of me 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 i need to i need to fight all the bad and be a part of all the good that turns into making it all about you and there are eight billion we just hit eight billion people in the world it's, it's not, not not all about you <laughs> about you and i, I say that to myself by the way i want my listeners to know when i say you i really Absolutely. mean me it's not mm -hmm. all about me like <laughs> I, I i say nothing to the listeners that i haven't asked of myself because it's just mm -hmm. it's just not always about you and you know it's funny that you bring up stoicism because my my dad literally has the daily stoic book and oh, yes. I, and i read from it sometimes and i'm, mm -hmm. I'm very much a, a practitioner of stoicism but yeah it's um unfortunately there are always going to be things that happen in the world and it, it doesn't always have to be something that you try to control for the sake of always being on the supposedly good side of all the good things and on the right side of the bad things you know it, it's it's never possible and it's impossible to even know for certain if you are because like the example you you gave earlier like it, you can't even know without fully understanding the context in fact i think it can be risky for people to, to jump too soon you know, like, like they, they, i think sometimes people forget how much of a vulnerable position they could end up putting themselves in and i'm not, I'm not just meaning just online where they open themselves up to all kinds of you know mudslinging uh, mm -hmm. in a digital forum but just yeah. e even in, in the real world jumping into a situation that you you don't fully understand yet can be dangerous um and i mean there's even i mean think of like life-saving situations one of the things they they teach you if you do swimming lessons and uh become a lifeguard or 
a camp counselor or whatever it happens to be where you are in, um, responsible for working with other people, but also in potentially dangerous situations, like stop and assess the situation first. Because if you go into something that can end up incapacitating you, you're no help to anybody else. And I think some of those basic sort of skills we've, we've been glossing over them or, or somehow um, we think we're invincible and that we are the one person who's going to save the other 8 billion, <laughs> you know. Heartless conservatism is just as bad as thoughtless liberalism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are equally dangerous to me. And I've, well, I've heard that term recently. I'm not sure. Maybe you mentioned it uh, earlier in another episode of one of our conversations, but that sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I, a lack of compassion concerns me just as much as a lack of structure and foundation to one's thoughts. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so both of those things have to exist. You have to have compassion, but you also have to have reason. Mm -hmm. And they really, you know, it makes me think of, do you remember the show Faulty Towers? I remember hearing, is that, was that a British show? Yes, it was a John Cleese show. It was a very, yes. very well-loved John Cleese show uh, um, about this hilarious hotel that had all these mis funny mishaps called Faulty Towers. And there's this great quote from it where it said, you know, America was so late to the re recent world war that it's been trying to be early to all the next ones. <laughs> <laughs> it spent its whole life trying to be early or on time for the next war. For the next war, yeah. And that's what can happen with progress is when you always want to be a part of progress, you will always look at how you can progress the world, how you can participate in seeing progress. And before you know it, you're creating progress for the sake of creating progress without actually looking and zooming out and saying, hold on, <laughs> do I know what I'm talking about? Do I agree with this? Do I have all the context? And so when your job is, is to sort of fight against what's evil, you're always going to look for the evil. That's the other thing. Why are we? Why aren't we? We we forget to look for the beauty too. You have to look mm -hmm. for the beauty and focus on that because the rule of alchemy is where you put your energy is where you'll get it back, right? And so, the other thing is just for our own well-being, for our own heart and mental health. Is we're so focused on what's wrong. I don't always want to be against things. That's mm -hmm. where my sort of liberal progressive politics ends, is when I'm always against something, I have to stop. <laughs> I have to be for something. I have to be in favor of something mm -hmm. before I can really, as you say, be on board with it. And so I need to make sure that it's we're, we're looking for the beautiful stuff as much as just trying to show up because we were late last time. <laughs> it's that joke from Faulty Tower. So I see a lot of truth to that in the way... Uh, and respect to america i don't mean to harp on the us but i just mean mm. that it's a good example for myself and for the rest of us when we feel that we weren't totally on board with something that we now know to be evil you know what i mean that we we want to show up next time nice and early <laughs> to the next progressive thing to be on mm. the right side of history but unfortunately we, we forget that it's all a circle and we run the risk of making the same mistakes that we have also made before and we will we, we will make them um despite our best efforts to not um, yes, I think that's why even in like the progressive areas of the world um, that we still have the same problems uh, as you mentioned earlier that exist in so many other places in the world. Yep. We have not like perfected ourselves as much as we might have might like to give ourselves credit for. No, because it's easy to get complacent when the basic necessities of life are in place. Mm -hmm. But 
as much as I just said parts of the world that don't have those, that includes North America, by the Absolutely. way. <laughs> but that, that's what I that's what I mean. Like, you know, you think of the like progressive Western nations or something, we still have poverty and oh. hunger and people starving and no access to oh. or limited access to water, to shelter, to medical care. The list goes on. And it's and here. Yelling at each other online is not gonna help. No. It's just not. I want to do something. I want to be in favor of something. I don't want to just be against. Now, as you said earlier, you mentioned it very well. There are times when you have to stand up for people. Don't get me wrong. There are mm -hmm. times when you have to help someone on the street if they're being hurt. I totally understand that. It's both. As mm -hmm. as are most things in life, it's it's both and, as they say. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's, um. yeah, I've read before that people often will spend a lot of time debating uh, you know, should I read this book or read that book? Yes, just read. Read it. <laughs> do, do both if you can. Uh, you know, same with the movie. Should I, this one or this one? Yes, we, you know, whatever time permits. But but do it. Um, there's that element of keep taking action. It doesn't have everything. Doesn't have to be a black or a white or an either or an or or a this or a that. It's a probably both. I Could refuse to tell people how they're supposed to feel about things. Mm -hmm. I just I can't do that. I need to allow people to come to their own conclusions. And it's like what Margaret Atwood said in the first episode, what you think of the book is what you think of the book. Mm -hmm. I may have had, or may have, she clearly had some things that she wanted to say, but how you interpret those are entirely your own. And if we let people go on their journey, which again, doesn't condone behavior. Mm -hmm. If you hurt other people, I, I have now I have a problem. You know what I mean? There's there there is an issue there when that turns into acting on your prejudice, acting on your hatred. Then I have a problem, and I'll seem like the most <laughs> progressive person in the world. But when it comes to people going through their lives, developing opinions, figuring out their thoughts, seeing what their belief systems are. If at the end of the day, the behavior is treating everybody they meet with love and kindness, I'm all good. It, behavior is way more important to me than somebody working through how they feel about things. And so you have to allow people that that journey without seeing it as being a gatekeeper all the time. I can't mm -hmm. gatekeep people's thoughts and what they do and don't read because you're so right. If you want to read that book that you might end up disagreeing with, Yes, because you'll either learn something new that you do agree with, or you'll have more reason and more fodder for why you disagree with it. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. All of that is good to me. Why, mm -hmm. why would you not want to have your opinion changed or your opinion changed and solidified? I, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to learn more. Mm -hmm. There's a, um, a retired Navy SEAL who is, yeah. um, since his, his days um, serving in the, the U.S., uh, U.S. Forces. Uh, he started a podcast. His name is Jocko Willink. He started a, a huge podcast. He's become a, a massive entrepreneur in the States with clothing lines and um, uh, various sports drinks and things like that. Okay. One of his big mottos that he's always done, and he, he rose right up to become like a Navy SEAL trainer. Cool. He, so he's, you know, he's served abroad in the, in the, um, in the Middle East. It was one of the most decorated um, SEAL teams, I think, that he led during, um, I think it was the, the war in Afghanistan. It could be one of the Iraq conflicts as well. Mm -hmm. um, but he says, one of his models is good. And the reason he says that is like, no matter what happens, good. Like if something bad happens, good. What did you learn? What can you do better next time? Um, where did you make a mistake? How were you unprepared? How could you be more prepared? You can take that time to, to think about it. It doesn't have to all be bad. It, it, there's a lot of space there 
to do things differently next time. The same way if there's a success, good, you were successful. How can you do better next time? Mm -hmm. He he takes he's very good at turning it or, and taking it, um, turning everything back to, to a, a point of reflection, so that he wants to caution you don't you know you don't be some so so confident that you rest on your laurels, but you also don't get so defeated by something that you stop. He's really good at drawing out that balance, not letting perfect get in the way of good, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or absolute defeat stop good from happening in them absolutely it's that it's taking those extremes and bringing them a little bit more back to the center of that there's there could be something good and something bad in any situation that and, you and, yeah and he comes from a very practical yeah place to be able to to say that and teach that because you don't get much more practical than you know, some of the work that uh, that these warriors do around the world um yes and there are, there are significant consequences to their their work and there are significant consequences to a lot of the things that we all do as individuals mm -hmm. that I think we can absolve ourselves of by blaming the system. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. all the system. But yes, but every decision, every every choice I make to buy something that supports a regime that I don't like, you know what I mean? That that has a consequence. Every time you vote for someone, that has a consequence. Every time you get behind the wheel when you maybe had two glasses of wine instead of one, that could have, you know, there, there are things that we do every day. We're always just a step away from something bad or something amazing. You, mm -hmm. you never, you never know. You could buy that lottery ticket one day that happened to be in that little convenience store that was the 50 million winner, or you could, um, make a turn that you didn't see someone coming and hit someone, you know, it's, you just, we're always, we're never that far from perfection and we're never that far from failure. And I think that I would be remiss if I had enough of an ego to think that I always had the right, you know, that I were always in the right and I always had the right answer. I find that incredibly naive, frankly, and I find that incredibly dangerous to, to think that much of yourself. You're, you're mm -hmm. not, you're not God, you're or whatever that is to you. You know, you're not. You're you're a person. We have this invincibility complex right now, um, broadly, that we we don't think about these things. And um, we had talked about uh, again in one of our earlier conversations that we haven't recorded for this podcast mm -hmm. yet. We we talked about that notion of um, coming out of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. How is that going to change our notions, our personal notions of understanding risk and responsibility? Because you know, I, th I think. A lot of times we operate without thinking about those types of things, but they are very, very real. Or, or we think about them in terms of where, like you said, it belongs to the system or it belongs to an industry or mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a, a it's up to the, the car manufacturer's uh, response. It's their job to think about risk and responsibility with cars. And, you know, as long as we all put on our seatbelt, we're fine. Mm -hmm. But that, again, doesn't doesn't that's one level of behavior mm -hmm. to pick up on what you were saying. But there's a lot of other behaviors that that interact with that. And those are like our personal behaviors, mm -hmm. how, how, like how we drive, when we drive. But if we swing this out right across the board, more, a little more broadly, like one of the things I think that happened with the pandemic, mm -hmm. with COVID, is people had to decide, you know, do I want to get together with people? Should I get together with people? Mm -hmm. Do other people really want to see me right now, given that we didn't know in the early days what was going on? Yeah. Who could get sick? How sick? How fast? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions mm -hmm. going forward. You know, we know we have a lot more information now. There are still a lot of unknown pieces of information, unknowns. Um, 
how do we balance that going forward? How do we, and how do we then communicate that with people? How do we, um, don't get, don't get, how do we not get mad at people who don't want to wear a mask or who do wear a mask or something like that, you know? Well, let me, let me get my how to solve the world book out. Here. Yes, yes, please, um, please do. I'd like you to refer to page 20. Here. <laughs> a, no, it's a big question, but I, it's, it's, um, it's an important one. Risk and responsibility is, um, by responsibility, I think what I hear is also accountability. Mm -hmm. Is that maybe what you also mean by responsibility? Responsibility account. I, I think they are very closely related. Yeah. Um, I think the. Because it's, it's an interesting question. I'm I'm mm -hmm. I'm I'm working it out in my mind because I think I know what you mean. And then risk could also be. It, it's really the willingness to risk. That I think what I'm trying to get at here is mm -hmm. like that deeper part of the question. Is it's like the responsibility at a deeper level requires the ability to have accountability and the risk requires the consent and the and the willingness to take that risk and so with your question i'm hearing this interesting dichotomy which of course is the point of why it's a hard question to answer and why we're still mm -hmm. figuring it out mm -hmm. is because our own sense of accountability doesn't necessarily match someone else's sense of accountability and our own willingness mm -hmm. to risk it's doesn't different. necessarily ma match their willingness to risk and so mm -hmm. i think that's why there's always going to be that sort of chasm between those think those ideas of risk and responsibility is because people feel that they're not responsible for other people's choices and they, and and it creates that sort of um divisive kind of Narrative. Do you see where I'm going with this? I, I do, and I think there's the um, there's a, a, a an additional layer there of okay. you might take a risk yourself, but in doing that, you know, you might and you're okay with that risk, but you might put other people at risk. Yeah. And so there's it's, it's not again, it's not just about you. It's about yeah. other people. You know, you might be respond or, or try to be responsible for your uh, mm -hmm. what you're doing, and that might mm -hmm. be the the limit of what you can do. Uh, but it doesn't mean that other people are going to to appreciate that or care or do the same thing themselves exactly and to what extent can i expect or demand that someone see the world in the same way that i do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the um yeah i'm drawn back to uh, uh, uh i took a law course many years ago and yeah. um some in high school and then some at university. And I remember again, a very simple point that um, the instructor said was, you know, your right to swing your, your hand stops where the next person's nose begins. Yeah. The swing away, but yeah. you must also stop. And so it's just one of those basic principles of law, of many of the different branches of law. You know, you're free to act up to a certain point and it's usually where other people become involved. And I think there's space for us to take that lesson and apply it you know how we we think about uh, managing a a health pandemic yeah and i worked at health canada for a year and a half during mm. the pandemic <laughs> so that would have been a very interesting time and, and place to work i'm sure it was a very very interesting time and place to work um during a pandemic like that yeah. and it's it's an argument that again is on that same circular path is to what extent can you force someone to do something when it's in the benefit of someone else's life because unfortunately when you force someone to do something they feel like you've hit their nose right 
and and that's it's it's an argument that is always going to create i think some contention i happen my viewpoint is i happen to fall on the side that i will happily get a poke in the arm to keep other people safe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm and okay with that and it keeps yourself safe too yeah, just like wearing a seatbelt doesn't just keep me safe, wearing my seatbelt keeps other people safe. Because yeah. if I go flying through the windshield because I'm not wearing my seatbelt, I can go into their car. You know, there's lots it's of things. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Um, or, you know, my freedom, quote unquote, to drink stops when I drink and drive and kill someone else, right? So there, there are things that we do all the time mm -hmm. that impinge, quote unquote, upon our, quote unquote, freedom, right? I have to show my passport if i want to get into another country it's called law you know so it's 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 interesting and you know i find it ironic that there are certain people who uh it, for, for our listeners as a reminder i live in ottawa mm -hmm. um the victim of the trucker convoy that came through <laughs> that came through ottawa i was right here and um so you know i find it interesting that people fight for their freedoms through that when they don't realize that they actually literally have the freedom to harass our deputy prime minister in a hallway. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about mm -hmm. that you're complaining about your lack of freedom. Yet you have the freedom to say apparently whatever you want, even if it's egregious, mm -hmm. to an elected official. Mm -hmm. So I do find it interesting this risk and responsibility because all of us, no matter where you fall politically, no matter who you are, we all pick and choose mm -hmm. what kind of freedom we believe is freedom. And so I, I think we all need to have a much deeper and important conversation mm -hmm. about risk and responsibility. So the reason I'm stumbling a little bit around this question is because I feel very strongly about it, but to a point where I'm doing what we were just talking about, where I'm trying to mm -hmm. check my own bias. I'm trying to check my own sense because my belief is so naturally, yeah, you do what you got to do to take care of people. That's what public health is. I worked mm -hmm. in Health Canada with public health agency, you know, I, but I'm not a lawyer. I'm not mm -hmm. a human rights <laughs> uh, activist. I don't always know all of the nuanced details mm -hmm. between freedom and responsibility for others but i do know that with freedom comes the ability to allow other people to have their freedom into yeah. and well, yeah sorry i didn't want i didn't want to cut you off there the no end. please i'm, the, I'm just blabbing away here no no that the screen sometimes i've noticed there's a bit of a, a, a an unsync between which which where the light is on the on the screen who is starting and stuff <laughs> the well and i think some of those those words like you know freedoms and laws these have been words that have been taken from a notion and we've tried to give meaning to them by writing them down and codifying them in law law books and yeah and and you know putting them into policies and, and all that stuff and there's there's a lot of value in that but when we try to give absolute perfect precise meaning to something that is so it, it seems to be part of a, a fundamental intangible human code it's hard to do that. And I think we, we've lost sight of that balance too. Sometimes like, you know, you, you get back to, I, I forget, there was a story, um, a children's story years ago that was something to the effect, like if you, if you do, I might even get this wrong. If you do right and you think right, you'll act right. Mm -hmm. That kind of, or, or if, you, if you think right and you do right, you'll feel right. It sort of works in a, a few different ways. Yeah. But we've gotten away from that because it's like, well, unless there's a rule or unless someone tells me I can or I can't, I, I'm not going to do this thing. 
and I don't know if again if we've just become a bit more detached from any sort of uh, moral code or or ethical considerations. We don't want to apply that to ourselves. It's easier to judge other people uh, using um, these in, these notions of intangibility than it is to just think about it and, and you know and, and feel about it as part of it. You know, and 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 assess situations as you go and. We don't have to be cut and dry on absolutely everything. We can't. It's, it's impossible to make it cut and dry on everything. Um, the same law instructor said at one point, it's, it's funny how we now have like how many different laws around the world yeah. that basically um, reflect the Ten Commandments. And again, not not to make a not to make a a, a, you know, a religious argument of it, yeah. but most cultures and legal systems are doing around the world are sort of basically grounded in those tenets. But you can't keep making a new law every day for every single thing. It's you know, and at some point, that's just a, it's impractical, impossible. As a staunch atheist, I can still very much admit that we wouldn't have most laws without religion. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I may not practice religion, but um, it's yes, most most moral codes were somehow based on or inspired by something a la the Ten Commandments, you know, like it's that's just, right. And, and the same 10 basic notions of yeah. how humans should basically behave towards one another. And, and part of that is getting along. Mm -hmm. Part of that is that you live with other people. Mm -hmm. And that the notion of taking care of other people and thinking about someone other than yourself for just a moment should be a good thing <laughs> it should be it should be a good thing and that taking care of the many taking care of our communities taking care of our collectives groups whatever word you want to say for community that's okay it's okay to take care of other people and it's okay to think about other people and there are reasons that there are things that we can't do to harm people and there are things that we want to encourage people to do to do the opposite of harm people, which is to actually see people be healthy and happy. And and I will always fall on the side of the public good. I always, mm -hmm. always will. Um, and there are things that I'm uncomfortable with and there are things I disagree with, of course, all the time, but that's called compromise. That's called life. It's called, it's called this. Not everything is going to be about Mark Wilkinson from Kingston, Ontario. <laughs> well, the thing is that's, that's there is that, you know, I think we forget that to think consciously that there are probably a lot of other sort of, um, public health, public benefit measures out there going on that are in fact benefiting us that we're just not thinking about. You know, like, yep. like right now, the, the the touch point is about, you know, vaccinations and mask, mask mandates and size of groups and indoors and outdoors and, and, and those kinds of considerations. But, you know, it's a good thing though that we still have like those seatbelt laws. Yeah. Because like when, when, and everybody who puts on a seatbelt, yeah, they're helping themselves, but they're also helping more broadly, you know, so on a given day, yeah, there's probably ways that I am being helped by many other things out there that are not top of my mind on that day. And there, I'm not benefit of those things. Well, and I often think as well, there's some interesting, coming from the world of teaching, there's some interesting examples about this idea of absolute freedom, which by the way, doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. If there were absolute freedom, we'd have chaos and energy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's that circle that goes, goes around again. <laughs> right? There's a reason we do have some structures and laws. Anyway, that's right. That's right. Um, but there, there are some interesting examples, um, you know, in terms of one's agency and one's freedom as we, you know, we're talking a lot about freedom and what that means. Mm -hmm. You don't have the freedom 
to practice surgery on someone when you don't have a medical license. You just don't. <laughs> you cannot operate on someone if you don't have a medical license. You cannot open a law practice and call yourself a lawyer if you don't have a law degree. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are so many structures built into our system that have to create structure because we need it, right? Mm -hmm. Structures create structure for a reason. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but they just do. That's why they're there. And there was a very interesting example out of your alma mater, actually, Queen's University, mm -hmm. where a medical student who was blind wanted to become a surgeon. Mm. And this was a really interesting case, a really interesting example. And this, the medical school had to say, no, you can't, you cannot be a surgeon if you're blind. And it was a really interesting moment where for all of the inclusivity that we want to see in the world, there mm -hmm. are things that you cannot do Indeed. if there are things that you need to have available so that you are fit to practice, as they say, or fit to mm -hmm. serve or whatever it may be. It breaks one's sort of open-minded liberal heart to say no to someone and not to be able to create inclusion. But again, if it's thoughtless, <laughs> right? If it's thoughtless liberalism, as I say, versus mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. heartless con conservatism, it, you have to have lines. Mm -hmm. You just do. And, and no matter how inclusive you may want to be, find me the person, find me the Canadian who wants to have a major surgery done by someone who's who is blind and i just thought that was such an interesting mm -hmm. example because that is not with a lack of compassion i bet you they were devastated to have to turn down that student mm -hmm. from surgery i bet you they'd make an amazing family doctor i bet you there, there are other other things they can do other things that other specialties that would make them brilliant and in fact there may be even a specialty that could be benefited from a blind doctor who know i mean i would love to explore that mm -hmm. but holding a knife and cutting someone open when you're blind is just not going to happen and that is not a denial of your freedom that is not a denial of, of your you as a person or anything you like as that, a person right? it's yeah. it's not it's just there are things that we got to do <laughs> to take care of each other and i just thought that was such an interesting interesting case again heartbreaking don't get me wrong nobody wants to turn down someone's well, dreams and and their well, ability to do what they want but it's other people involved and wouldn't it have been interesting? I, I'm not familiar with the story, but it would be interesting to to pick up on how we were speaking about this at the beginning, which led to this episode today. How did they say no to that yes. person? How did they yes. do that? How did they, you know, protect that person's sense of being, not shut them down? If, if by the time you're applying to a medical school or, or a, a, a surgery program, you're obviously an intelligent, competent human being with lots to offer mm -hmm. the world. You don't want to stop that. You don't want to shut it down. But a message had to be conveyed. It had to also have been received. And I, it would be interesting to see how that happened. That would be an interesting like, situation to explore. A hundred percent. And I don't have those details, but I, I, don't know I am just as curious as you are. <laughs> did, did you happen to see similarly um, a couple of years ago, I want to say now, I think they were... Um, allowing, I think it was for Canada to, um, for civilians to apply to be on a space mission. Oh. And I think, was it a space mission? And I think, anyway, there was a long bunch of criteria about what you had to be able to do. 
I mean, I took one look at it just for interest, and you know, I, I was excluded in the first line or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just not, you know, I, I just just don't have the. I mean, even even use the same example. My eyesight would have excluded me, you know. Um, and that, there's a lot of that in aviation. You have to have good eyes for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You have to have, yeah. have a certain standard. Um, it does get difficult, you know. I know it, for a number of years now. Um, Militaries have been struggling with that. Uh, health, certain healthcare professions have been struggling with that. Like for first responders, can they maintain the the standards that they historically had about stature and about strength and fitness and things like that? Um, they've been wrestling with that. As different non people want to enter non traditional roles, and and those items were being viewed as potentially discriminatory yeah. for one one reason or another. And so that we've been dealing with this on on several different fronts. Um, across society and it's they're not easy uh they're not easy questions and they're not easy answers always i think yeah. how the answers are, are arrived at and conveyed there's an interesting point there yeah one's one's ability not to be able to do something isn't always discrimination it sometimes is and, and i will push back and fight against that you know don't get mm -hmm. me wrong um mm -hmm. But sometimes not everything is for you, and mm -hmm. and this is a this is a much less you know this is a lower stake example, but people often ask me you know can anyone sing? And I say, well everybody can sing and everybody can learn how to sing decently. But you watch those auditions on those televised singing competitions, and there are some people who are just not going to be the next sitting the only. You know, there's just mm -hmm. there are people who. You know, we sing in their hearts. They should sing in their hearts. They should sing in the shower. They should sing in a local choir. They should join mm -hmm. their church choir. Like you have, again, you have the freedom mm -hmm. <laughs> to be loved, to be respected, to be treated well, to walk down the street with dignity. You have the freedom to do those things. But it, not everybody is good at everything. And the fact that I can't hire you as a singer if you don't have a good singing voice is not discriminatory <laughs> and the fact that if i need you to see really 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 well to fly a plane that's because you've got a hundred passengers whose lives are in your hand it's not just about you it's yeah. not just about you and i i want i can't wait for the pendulum to swing mm -hmm. i i see it swing too far to group freedom and i see it too far to individual freedom you know what i mean it has to be a conversation about both mm -hmm. i obviously as i say i'll always lean on the group freedom side you know uh, <laughs> Yeah. I will always have a taking care of others mindset, mm -hmm. but I will not yell that on Twitter to make myself look good. Just to circle back, speaking of a circle mm -hmm. of conversation, the fact that I lean on the side of public good does not mean I need to virtue signal on Twitter and make myself look really good because I'm so compassionate and liberal. <laughs> that's not. That's just as bad as anything I fight against. To be you honest, you can just go be a good person every day. Yeah. Do we have to announce it yeah. so much? Do you know what I mean? Like, do we do we have to announce our amazingness, mm -hmm. which I just find so funny about social media it's this very curated life right it shows the highlights it shows the best of us it rarely shows the worst of us mm. well until we show the worst of someone else because we love to cancel everybody but ourselves right <laughs> so uh, we love to cancel culture other people but never ourselves yeah, uh, yeah which is a whole other conversation but the point Absolutely. is yeah. the point is there are some things that you cannot do and there are some things that I cannot do that you can do, and vice versa. And that will always be the natural order of the world. And mm -hmm. you know, I always like to say, you can't go to McDonald's and ask for a Whopper. Yeah, that's right. Because they don't make a Whopper. That's right. 
And you can't go to Burger King and ask for a Big Mac. They just, Mm -hmm. they don't make those there. And so (laughs) there will always be structure to the world. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. how it works. And Mm -hmm. so in, in, and again, in fighting against what you perceive you're against, you're missing on what you could be for. I want that student who, who, God love them, might not be a surgeon. Mm -hmm. I want them to go do something that they should do, that they could make benefit to. And I think we, we love to get lost in the, fighting against and i want to know what you're becoming and fighting for what else is going on there yeah there there has to be something else that we can make of that situation Mm -hmm. perhaps Mm -hmm. the good as that what was his name the the seal oh uh jocko willink jocko willing there has to be a good in there somewhere Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. somewhere yeah i agree I'm just looking at the clock here, sir. Um, ah, yes. Mindful of your time here today. Thank you, um, thank you so much for uh, jumping on Thoughts and Found with me here again today. This has just been awesome. My pleasure. One thing I, I forgot to ask you last time, but where can people find you online if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to look up your work? I'm going to include these in uh, the notes to our episodes as well, but I just wanted to have it said out loud so our listeners can hear that. Thank you very much. Um, my website is mwilkinson.ca, M-W-I-L-K-I-N-S-O-N.ca. And my Twitter handle and Instagram handles are the same, uh, which is Mark L. Wilkinson. So Mark, letter L, Wilkinson. Leslie is my middle name. So Mark L. Wilkinson uh, is Twitter and Instagram. I would send you my Facebook page, but Adam, I must admit, I don't think I've touched my Facebook page in five years so i i won't send you to my and i don't mean my profile i mean my like public page or whatever sure. I, I i i definitely have kind of abandoned facebook there's, there's enough to keep track of other places we can't all do all of the things i certainly don't it's uh, there's too much to, to manage that way and you have your I, I publish, yeah and i and i honestly i publish very specific things about my life online i don't i don't publish every detail of my life online so it's uh i just found three platforms was getting <laughs> a little bit much but i do a lot of photography work so you can see yes. that on instagram and, and go check see... out his instagram page he's got some beautiful photos that's a whole uh, other other conversation about your uh your your because you use mostly your phone too for your photography i do yeah which is really impressive super good stuff to look at on his uh, his instagram page thank you and then and then uh, twitter is more for some of my deep and loving thoughts about the world <laughs> Sounds great. Well, thank you so Thanks much for, for, uh, for uh, sharing those with everybody. I appreciate that. And we'll my get those uh, into the notes for the show as well, too. So, And as my favorite comedian, Kathleen Madigan, calls them on her podcast, The Schnotes. So it's a- the show notes. The show notes. It, 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 yeah, what, what podcast was that again? Uh, it's called Madigan's Pubcast. So podcast. she calls it a pubcast because she encourages people to bring a pint with them when, you know, because she always has a pint while she does it. And she's just, I'm actually going to see her live. Cool. Uh, in Niagara Falls on September 10th. I am so excited. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, she's just one of my favorite comedians and she has a wonderful podcast that she does every week. And so I always think of them as the Schnotes. Schnotes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll have to check that out. I haven't, haven't uh, heard that podcast before, so I will check that out as well. She's awesome. Well, thank you for cool. having me, my friend. Thank you again. And let's do this again very soon. Can't wait. All right. Well, from everybody here at Thoughts and Found, Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed it and uh, we hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are. Bye for now.